welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today, we will be taking a look at murder mystery games. These are usually party games where a group of people work together to solve a murder. They must figure out who done it and why. These games were, of course, inspired by murder mystery fiction and true crime stories. These genres have a devoted audience who enjoy the problem-solving aspects, the atmosphere, the sense of justice, and, of course, a good helping of morbid curiosity. Nearly everyone knows about Sherlock Holmes, Miss Marple, Poirot, Murder, She Wrote, and Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Many readers have enjoyed trying to solve the mystery alongside these fictional sleuths. Murder mystery games give us the opportunity to become the detective. These games began in the 1800s after the infamous Road Hill murder and the huge amount of press attention it gained. They were a way of entertaining dinner guests and started simply with games like Wink Murder, but over time they grew more elaborate. The first published game was Jury Box, where the players became members of the titular jury to analyse evidence and solve the case. This was closely followed by Cluedo, which remains popular today. This leads to what we are discussing today, role-playing mystery games. They allow the players to take on the characters of the story, and this means that one of the guests will be playing the murderer. <laughs> Sorry about that. Originally, the roles were scripted, but players soon wanted to improvise. This led to interactive murder mysteries. These games often have subplots, in addition to finding the killer. Each character has an agenda, secrets to keep, and a history with the other guests. This creates red herrings that keep everyone guessing. Nowadays, there are distinct types of mystery game, role-playing and scripted. I'll take you through explanations of both. I had a look at the events offered by Tall Tale Mysteries to see what to expect at a scripted game. Actors will mingle with the guests and introduce themselves as their characters. Depending on the event, there will be varying levels of interactivity. The stories are set during a dinner, and while the guests eat, the actors perform short scenes and provide hints through their body language. They will also walk between the tables where the guests are sitting and answer questions. The audience's job is to watch carefully and deduce the solution. During the night, you must ask questions to try and root out the murderer, and you are often expected to dress up to suit the story. At Tall Tale Mystery Events, guests are also provided with case files of information and clues that can be opened at set times during the evening. I was lucky enough to chat to our resident murder mystery expert, Katrina Scott, about her experience of taking part in and writing role-playing mystery games. Thank you so much for being with us again. No worries, it's great to be back. <laughs> You're becoming a regular feature. I am, yes, and I'm kind of worried that I um, have sort of a theme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think I'm definitely on some kind of list. You took part in more of a role-play one, didn't you? I did, yes. Uh, this was when I was doing my uh, master's degree at uh, the University of Edinburgh, and I joined uh, their informally known as Murder Sock, 
which doesn't freak anyone out. Um, <laughs> I remember distinctly actually meeting the then president of the society at the um, society fair, freshers fair. It was called something different because it was all master's students. I remember me- meeting them and I explained that I was really into LARP and online RPGs. And he basically looked at me and said, well, you'll be perfect for this. Put your name on this list right now. <laughs> uh, apart from the Shakespeare Society, it was the one I was most excited to join. One of the first weeks of uni, they had the, what they call the, fre- I think it's called the Freshers Mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where people who've never done it before can go and do a mystery and they're kind of guided through it by um people who've done loads of mysteries before or people who are in the kind of committee uh, i didn't actually end up going to that i think i must have had something else on but um when i went to my first mystery i still felt very welcomed and people uh, seemed to really enjoy what i was doing uh, there, there was uh, this particular way of doing murder mysteries they'd have um event uh, not event sorry uh prizes at the end of the night for um best costume uh most devious and I, I can't remember what the other one was. I think it was Best Actor. And on my first murder mystery, I was nominated for Best Costume and for Best Actor. Um, unfortunately, I didn't win either of them, but I did win uh, two Best Costumes for two other mysteries. So you, you got the nom, as they say. I did. Yeah, no, it was great. It was my first mystery and I got nominated for two awards. I was like, oh, thank you so much. It was my first mystery. Uh, it was such a unique concept. It was um, Disney villains mm. at an award ceremony. Ooh. Uh, for who was the most villainous um, and the not to spoil it for anybody who in future goes to murder sock mm. but um, the uh, premise was that one of the villains uh, had been murdered um, obviously mm. <laughs> and uh, people were trying to figure out you know which among us had done it who among us had done it mm. uh, and also they were all trying to vie for the different uh, categories of awards mm-hmm. and things so there was all these sorts of um there was the the larger mystery itself, you know, who killed Chernobog, um, the guy from Fantasia, the big devil yeah. dude. And then there was lots of other smaller things because every character would have their own kind of little goals and uh, missions and interactions, relationships with different characters. Mm. So, for example, uh, I was playing uh, Scar. Mm. Um, and at one point I ended up forming an alliance with, as I remember, it was the evil queen and mm. Captain Hook. Um, we had an alliance, um, uh, so that, that was fun. And um, I was a friend with um, Hades, and I was telling him, you know, oh, your brother's a pain in the butt. Just chuck him off a balcony. That'll that'll do the trick. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of fun. It never kind of got boring. There was always something that was happening. Whether somebody was uh, dying, uh, they'd have a certain amount of time until they died to get someone to help to save them. Yeah. Or it was, you know, something had happened, like uh, that there were two hosts for every mystery mm. uh, and they would kind of keep the ship sailing, as it were. They'd keep everything running mm. uh, and they would periodically announce things. Uh, so it could be something like someone dying or it could be something else like an event or this thing is happening over here if you want to be part of that, you know, so it was there's always something happening. Oh. Could you describe the atmosphere of the game? What are some of the things that will definitely happen at one of those games? It would be different with every game because it depended on uh, the location and also on the the setting of the game. Uh, Because some some, uh, evenings we'd be up in kind of this balcony area Mm -hmm. in one of the bars, Mm -hmm. like a big square donut, essentially. (laughs) People would find some way of ordering and bringing um, food and drinks. So I remember quite distinctly at one point um, during one of the mysteries, a couple of uh, people were just sit- sitting eating nachos, and it was kind of like, you know, what, what are you guys doing? It's like, oh, we're, we're plotting. Oh, okay. 
before the mystery would start, you'd have received your character sheet and kind of the basic outline of the game. You'd also have received your uh, list of abilities, which I'll get into in a second. Um, so the, these were always standard at every game. Um, and the host would basically, you know, reiterate, okay, here's the situation. This person has died and go. And then you'd all kind of run about and uh, try and fulfill your various goals and talk to people and try and murder each other. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and so the abilities, um, you would have a certain, um, certain abilities and you would have them only in certain amounts. You could only use them at certain points. Uh, so the most common ones, uh, would be, uh, kill, save and I'm sure there were others, but those are the ones that stick in my head the most because they were the most frequently used. So obviously kill would be, you'd go up to the host and you'd say, I want to kill X, Y, Z. And they would write it down and they would announce, okay, everybody, X, Y, Z is dying. Mm. Uh, and so that person would have five, ten minutes to get someone to save them. Mm. But the thing is that everybody would have a limited amount of saves and a limited amount of kills. Mm. So I remember when I was Scar, I was dying. <laughs> I nearly died a lot until I actually died. That was the fun thing about it, because you, you, you can't just assume that everyone's, you know, fully stocked up on their abilities. Mm. Um, but the fun thing about the mysteries is, as well as your standard abilities, like, you know, uh, kill, save, steal, standard sorts of mm. murder things, you know. Um, you'd also have a special ability. Only you knew how it worked. Um, and again, I'm just, I'm going with my first murder mystery because I'll be frank, it was one of my favourites. Because oh, um, he's my favourite Disney villain, Scar, I love him. Uh, <laughs> my special ability was called Long Live the King. Uh, and, and everyone's ability was kind of based on something their character had said or done in their respective film. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine was if I, um, before I was dying, I would be able to say to the host, I want to use Long Live the King. Mm-hmm. And that would prevent a kill being put on me for about half an hour because everything was kind of done in in time slots. Like, you'd, you'd, you'd have 10 minutes to stop yourself getting killed. Yeah. You'd have, um, the game would take maybe about four or five hours, that sort of thing. Everything was timed to make sure it was all fair for everyone. Uh-huh. But the, the, the thing that I remember very distinctly was I was heading up to the host right about to use Long Live the King. I literally was on, I was saying, hey, can I please use, and then the other host goes, Scar is dying. Uh-huh. Turns to me and goes, I'm really sorry, you can't use your special ability. So, yeah, um, abilities um, were kind of a, a main feature as well that would be in all of the games um, and, and special abilities. Uh-huh. Uh, and they would be very, uh, what they could do would be very uh, different. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, some would be about uh, persuading people uh, like you'd be able to use this ability and even if ordinarily they wouldn't be persuaded because you were using this ability they would be uh, one, of, one of the other mysteries I did uh, was set in the 20s and my character was a prohibition activist mm. a pain in the butt but she was great fun to play <laughs> and one of her things that she was trying to complete in the mystery which obviously wasn't part of the main mystery but it was one of my own little goals mm-hmm. uh, I had a clipboard with a sheet oh, on it and I was trying to get people to sign up to my anti-prohibition um, group, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of my abilities was to do with that. It was to try and get people to sign my sheet. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I got the most signatures of any of the prohibition activists they'd done in the game. <laughs> Every time they'd done the game. So I was pretty chuffed with myself. Oh, that's adorable. Main elements would be the timing, the abilities, um, and beforehand you, you'd know your character and know who you'd be interacting with so you weren't going in blind. Mm-hmm. You'd always kind of go in with 
former like relationships in mind and goals in mind so you so you would never ideally never be sitting around kind of going right I've done all my goals what now (laughs) so it was improvisation but you you had a springboard to jump off excellent way to put it a springboard definitely Mm -hmm. could you explain the different goals because you, you mentioned there's the main goal of solving the murder but everyone had their own goals could you quickly talk to us a bit about that you weren't always trying to solve the main goal um, with your character because sometimes your character just didn't care about the person that died, so they just were focusing on their own thing. Also, the uh. issue would be, of course, <laughs> that we were killing each other. <laughs> please, don't, please don't kill me. That, that was a goal pretty much in everybody's sheet is don't die. Don't die. It'd be really funny if there was one guy who was secretly suicidal and like, I would I, actually, I would really I've got a death wish. To please, die. please murder me. And everyone's like, no, you're too useful, Moose. Keep you alive. <laughs> Imagine if that was like on one of the on one of the character sheets was the the secret thing was death wish. Mm, you're so sad. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I mean that that was I guess the main thing was not to die, um, and in some cases figure out. Well, generally in all cases, actually figure out who's killing people because if they're killing you, you want to know who's doing it. I mean, that that was actually a frequent thing. You know, you would be dying. Uh, you'd be told you were dying. You know, uh, everyone, Scar's dying, and you would just look around and go, "Who's killing me?" <laughs> <laughs> Which of you did this? And of course, that they couldn't say um, that was part of the rules. Uh, so you just were suspicious of everybody until you. I mean, sometimes it was really obvious. Like, I mean, sometimes people would just forget that rule and just go, "I'm killing you because you did this to my brother or whatever." Um, <laughs> I love that. It's like, well, mystery over. <laughs> we'd always have um, a debrief at the end where we'd sit down and go, right, okay. And the hosts would take you through the mystery and say, right, so this person was killing this person and this mm-hmm. person did this. And, and everyone would get to kind of talk about their favourite moments. And that, that was really fun because you got a chance to kind of calm down. Uh... Okay, and I'm not, I'm not going to yell at you for killing me. I'm just going to discuss this rationally. <laughs> In one of them, uh, one of the characters was actually a double agent, uh, and they were they had to keep that hidden because um, it was a mafia themed one. There was a murder mystery weekend um, where we went away to um, a hostel for a couple of days and did it uh, kind of on a bigger scale and had the weekend away. We cooked meals and it was really fun. And in that one, it was an, another gangster one. Uh, my character, uh, his goal actually, he, um, I gave him his own goal of trying to um, get to the top of the hierarchy and murder his own boss, and that backfired in my face. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Like I, um, I was very dead in that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this kind of big murdery goals, like oh, I want to get rid of this person for this reason, or I want to find my lost dad, or whatever. But there'd also be other minor things like um, get people to sign your list or. Thing, things like that so it, it would always mean that there was something happening um mm-hmm. so that that was the difference kind of between the big major goal of not dying and figuring mm-hmm. out who the main killer is and then the smaller yes. uh more personal i guess goals to your character as well this was actually in the one i wrote um but there was a timed element where uh near the end of uh the murder mystery um one of the hosts would announce that there'd been a police raid um, mm-hmm. in the uh, the Mafia headquarters. Um, mm-hmm. And that would implicate the double agent character. Um, that would implicate the police informant character. But that might not necessarily affect everybody in the same way. Because, for, for example, the, the Mafia guys would be like, excuse me, what? Um, but the, <laughs> the police undercover guy might go, oh, thank goodness my backup is here. In the genre of murder mystery, some the, 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 the killer gets some kind of comeuppance. 
So what? how did these things end? In these murder mysteries, the killer would not necessarily be unmasked uh, because it was all done to a timer. In some mysteries, um, there you wouldn't know who the person was until the end and would sit down at the debrief and the host would go something like, oh, I can't believe you guys didn't figure this out. It was this person. And everyone would go, oh, what? It was you all the time. Uh, so, but but some, sometimes it was more obvious than others. It, it depended on the mystery because all the mysteries were written by different people. There was kind of a main writer team. Um, but then, uh, like myself, I was never on the committee, but I ended up just writing a mystery for funsies and it did get uh, played. You signed up for these things. Were you ever able to say, oh, listen, lads, I really fancy playing this type of character or did you just get what you get? You got to pick, but you had to be very much on the mark. Uh, there'd be a, a kind of Excel spreadsheet, Google Doc type thing, um, which mm. would go up. Um, I think it was the day of or the day before, I can't remember, um, saying, you know, who all the characters were. So you could kind of read through it and think, oh, I might want to play this person or this person. And then mm. the sheet would go up. It would go live. They'd say, right, the sheet is live. Go on there, pick your person. <laughs> go, go, go! <laughs> How did you find or make the costumes? And were there any rules around costuming? Um, there weren't really any rules. You could come in costume or you couldn't. Like, sometimes people would show up and they just have a name tag on saying their character. Um, some people would be super dedicated and come in costume, like like myself, um, not to toot my own trumpet, but I showed up to my first mystery in a in costume with a full face of makeup, and someone looks at me and goes, hang on, are you Scar? I'm like, how did you guess? <laughs> Sometimes people would just have like um, a, a kind of particular jacket or a hat or something, and that would indicate their character. But most mostly, people would try and go for it with the costumes, and it was it was a typical student affair of raid the charity shop um, yeah. or see what you've got in your cupboard. You'd run into fellow murder mystery murder mystery people the day of the mystery. You'd go to the charity shop uh, to just I was looking for books because you know what I'm like yeah. I'd meet someone in there, it's like, oh, you come to the mystery tonight? Yep, that's why I'm holding this feather boa. Cool. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Or they'd have like a massive bag full of random stuff and you'd go, is that for the mystery? And they'd go, yep. Basically, you could go from completely all out, intensely into it, getting an actual manicure that costs money, or you could just rock up in whatever and be like, hi, I'm here to play this person. You'd probably be given a name tag just for ease. So it was from minimal to extreme to somewhere in between. Grand. So obviously during your time there, you wrote your own mystery. What inspired you? Like, yeah, I, this is amazing. I want to make my own one. What led to that? I'd played a, quite a wide variety of mysteries at, the, at that time. And one of my favourite ones had been uh, the Mafia one we did at the weekend away. Oh. And... As our listeners will know by now, I am really into anything true crime related. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what? We need another mafia mystery. And so I, I said um, to the, uh, well, I was about to say the head honcho, um, said, to the, <laughs> said to the boss, said to the president, um, could, excuse me, I am but a humble master's student who's only here for a year, but could I please write a mystery? And he said, what would it be about? And I said, could it, could it be another mafia one, please? And he said, I mean, we've only got the one in the, in the bank. Sure, go ahead. So, yeah, no, I, I basically got into writing one because I wanted to do gangster stuff again. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and also because I just thought it'd be an interesting... Uh, thing to write because you have to write um, I mean the count number of characters depends on the mystery but you need to make sure there's plenty because so many people want to sign up so mm. I, as I recall I ended up with 
12, 13 character sheets, um, which means you've got to write, you know, a nice big old description for someone to get their teeth into. You've got to give them their abilities and you've got to give them secrets. What are secrets? Secrets are, um, well, sometimes they can be related to your goals. Like, for example, you don't want someone to find out this thing about you. Um, is mostly what the secrets are, to be honest. Like, uh, you don't want people to find out you're a double agent or you don't want people to find out you're dying. Sometimes some people's goals are to find out your secrets. Um, mm-hmm. So for, as a very obvious example, I guess, um, your se- one of your secrets could be you killed this person. Uh, you killed the, 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 you're the main, the main uh, murderer, and you don't want people uh-huh. to find that out. Um, and of course, people want to know. Like, for example, um, you killed this person's husband. The wife's gonna want to know. Um, mm. So it was mostly stuff you were keeping from either the whole mystery or from certain characters. And and mm-hmm. uh, that was actually something about when I was writing my own mystery um, mm-hmm. was making sure everybody had not only enough secrets but good enough secrets uh, so it wasn't just boring stuff like i don't know i like chocolate cereal <laughs> so what were some of the secrets that you had in your uh, mystery one of them uh was obviously you know i'm the person that killed this person uh one of them was uh that you are the one having an affair with this person you don't want mm-hmm. their significant other to find out about that um, that would be a bit bad. Um, one of them was um, you are a uh, undercover police informant because uh, mm-hmm. this was the the mafia one, so they were going to be in a lot of trouble because uh, they were at a big mafia gathering. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them was uh, you are secretly working um, for the other family. Uh, you're a double agent, mm-hmm. basically. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them was the oh, what was it now? Oh yeah, um, everybody assumes and everybody like is told that this character is your son, but they're not actually your son. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. There was basically it was basically a lot of um, you know, classic drama sitcom type soap secrety type things. Um, but that that's what made for the most drama in the game. I was about to say, did that when during the game were there any fun moments of what with him? Yeah, at one in my mystery, um, the reason that one character was sleeping with another was to get information. Um, I think, mm-hmm. as I recall, and I forget when which game it was, but it, that was revealed. It was like, seriously, you're sleeping with me for information? How dare you? I thought we had a connection. As the host, you'd be kind of trying to see what's going on. You'd just kind of be watching and waiting, you know, with your notebook, keeping track of who's killing who and things. And you'd be Mm. just kind of looking everywhere, kind of seeing what's happening. And then in one corner, you'd hear somebody going, what? How dare you? And you'd go, oh, okay, something's happening. (laughs) But you had to kind of be there in case anything went down. That that was a great thing about um, secrets and about um, your own personal goals as well as your overarching goal of the murder. Mm. Um, Because in fulfilling your kind of mini goals, you would often come across people's secrets or reveal secrets and that would create further drama and then further goals. Sometimes sometimes people would, you know, they'd bring, um, they'd get, as I say, they'd get food from the bar or they'd get like a beer or glass of wine. Um, sometimes, because, you know, students, you know, having a laugh on Saturday night, sometimes people yeah. get tipsy. <laughs> ah. It would be kind of like, what do you mean you did this? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> 
it wasn't that frequent, but sometimes it, that would what be the sort of thing that would spark the carnage at the end of a mystery. It's like, I want to get all my kills out. It's like, are you tipsy? Maybe. Kill, 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 kill. If you, um, if you had to pick uh, a favourite, what would be your favourite aspect of murder mystery nights in general? Like, what, what's that thing that you, when you go, you're like, oh, I love this bit. I think... I think my favourite bit, despite me having bigged up costumes, costumes are, so, are a lot of fun, but I think the main thing that I really liked was, um, sounds a bit silly, but the mystery element of it. Um, yeah. You knew your character, you had, you know, your sheet with your goals and your abilities, um, but obviously you didn't know what everybody else was up to, and even, you know, for example, say you're playing somebody's wife, um, you'd have in your sheet that this is your husband. So, you know, you, that was fun, just being like walking up to somebody who maybe you've never met before, or you've only met them in this mystery, and you go, hey, person I've never met, you're my husband. Let's go. <laughs> They'd have their own goals and secrets. So, I mean, you might be thinking, oh, my husband, he will protect me, and I will protect him, and we will be loyal. And in reality, he wants you dead for your life insurance. You know, you know the, there was always uh-huh. something dodgy going on all, all the time um so it was kind of not only finding the people who were in your group or your family or who were your friends in this in the mystery which was fun but also the whole mystery aspect kind of like okay that this um person's been murdered i mean that's great but also what are what's everybody else um trying to trying to do what what will they do that will affect you know my little goals or what will affect my little friend group or my family things like that Figuring out um, the relationship dynamics and kind of figuring out the story as it went, despite the scripted and timed nature of it, was which I guess kind of encompasses the entire thing. The whole thing was great fun, um, <laughs> uh, but kind of those elements of it—the kind of relationship building and uh, character moments—I'd uh, say were the most fun. That must be such a weird thing to hear on... <laughs> it's like, oh, I missed how we used to kill each other. <laughs> it's a very popular kind of meme on the kind of Facebook page. It was like, you know, we'd be having a conversation. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the, the weekend, you know, when you killed this person? And everyone in the rest of the club is like, say what? <laughs> you know? F is for friends who do, do stuff, stuff together. together. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I, mean, I, I miss my murder chums. Um well, thank you so much for speaking with us, Kat. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much. And like, on, on my part too, it has been a pleasure as always. Thank you again for having me. If this has piqued your interest, then there are companies that provide murder mystery events all over the world. In Scotland, these include Deadly Acts Theatre, Murder Mystery Nights, and Murder Mystery Company. In Ireland, there is Murder on the Menu and Play Dead Knee. That's N for November and I for India. In Wales, there is Murder 57 and First Call Murder Mystery. And in England, there is Killing Game and Joy Swift's Murder Weekends. And of course, you can always buy a game or write one yourself for a dinner party. No matter what type of game you're playing, the main aim is to have fun with a group of friends. And if nothing else, it's something different to do on a Friday evening. Thank you for listening. This has been a Yorick Radio production.